When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a Rugby Life interview, another one. And I'm very excited to welcome Megan Wilson and Melanie Squire, who are from the Iroquois Roots Rugby Organization in Canada, a mother and daughter who created the organization, whose declared mission is to engage Indigenous youth in the sport of rugby while honouring Indigenous culture and recognising the unique environments of First Nations communities in Ontario. The plan, according to something I read, is to take rugby to all of the 133 First Nations communities in Ontario, just so you guys know, listening, most of our listeners are in the UK. That's roughly an area the size of Western Europe, by the way. So it's no it's mm-hmm. no small undertaking. And in 2019, uh, Mel, you said, however long it takes to get us there, that's how long we will do it. Um, that's, are you yeah, still feeling that committed? Are you still feeling as pumped up about it as you did then? Yeah, for sure. Even, um, I feel like I'm even more pumped up now since, uh, we've been in talks with an organization here that is interested in funding some of our trips north. We've never been, um, to the remote, remote northern communities yet. So even just, um, having somebody interested in getting us there, I, I feel like I have a newfound excitement for it. Mm. Well, well. Forgive me, but if you say to somebody, where do you consider a rugby heartland to be? Most people wouldn't, the first thing that people wouldn't think of is, oh, First Nations communities in, in, in Canada. Um, so what is it, you know, so what is it, how did your rugby life begin? Uh, <laughs> it started, so my brother started playing in high school. He was two years older than I am. And I just had a very keen interest for it. I wanted to play the second I got into high school. Um, so when I started to play rugby, um, my biggest thing was giving back. Um, when I was a senior, I gave back to the junior team. I came back and helped out and coached. I captained a couple of the teams in my high school. Um, but a lot of what I did was giving back and helping out wherever I could and learning more about the sport through coaching and learning more about the sport through that. I played uh, three years in Brantford from my high school. Brantford Collegiate, and then I moved out west to BC on the island. I went to Shawnigan Lake School for a year. I got a full scholarship to play rugby out there. Um, with them, I traveled. We went to Vegas. We uh, It was just a completely different experience. I got to train alongside a lot of the national men and women's team. They were always on the campus training and working, so I got to do that. I got to be trained by the national men's team as well. I went on to play at McMaster University, uh, won an Afro championship with them in my first year. Uh, continued to play today. I played for the Brantford Harlequins Rugby Football Club. 
How to, how far do you have to try? Just playing for your club is there is there a big travel range you have to do for that? Just in the elite. Yeah, so I drive about twenty five minutes to half an hour to get to the clubhouse. Um, it's pretty remote. Well, it's in, on the countryside of Brantford, but yeah, about half an hour. To, oh, and then to play the other teams. Yeah, we play a lot of um, teams in Toronto, and their home base is in Markham, which is about two and a half hours there. And then you have to do it on the way home as well. It's quite a commitment then. Oh, for sure. And you mentioned that you got a scholarship to play rugby at school. Is that obviously because you're pretty bloody good at rugby? Is that a top and bottom? <laughs> I mean, I'd like to think so. <laughs> well, somebody's paid you, so I suppose, offered to give you a place and fund it. So I'm guessing so. It sounds like a hell of a lot better than I was, put it that way. So, <laughs> Mel, you're... Meg's mum, smiling very proudly there at the idea of the scholarship and everything, which is absolutely as it should be. You obviously you're heavily involved in rugby. I'm interested to know how how do you, do you watch a lot of rugby? Do you watch international rugby? Do you know about players and stuff like that? I mean, do you do that alongside? My, um, yeah. Anytime, obviously the anytime the Canadian national men's and women are playing on TV, I definitely watch. Um, and if they're playing close by, we we've gone to tons of games um, to watch them play. We've seen them play the Maori All Blacks a couple times actually. Um, we watched them win the Pan Am Games, I think, in 2015. So yeah, anytime there's um, rugby nearby, or even we've flown out to BC quite a few times just to watch rugby as well. And when Megan was out in British Columbia at school, she was in grade 12, so um, we were out there quite a bit with her. I also went to Vegas when she played there with that team. Um, I I've done my fair share of traveling around, driving. <laughs> all these kids to rugby games and tournaments, driving everybody else's kids as well. So, um, but Megan, Megan into it, like she, she knows the different international players. She follows them. Anytime she's talking rugby with somebody, I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> um, so yeah, she, she's big on it and I'm, I'm big on it too, but not nearly to the extent, even when she's still playing, I'm, I'm still like, the hell did the ref just call? I, I don't understand. I thought I knew knock on, but then I'm like, that's a knock on. And they're like, no, it's not. So I'm getting there. I, well, don't give it away to any secret, but people who've watched rugby for a very long time often go, I'm not sure what the ref's given that for there, especially if it's, if it's in a ruck. Sometimes when you've even done something yourself, you go, what? Sorry, could you explain to me what I've done there? That's kind of, it's, some people find it very frustrating, but I think it's the beauty of rugby. It's only the interpretation, really. But, uh, yeah, so so Meg, you obviously got really involved, and 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 Mel, you did you follow Meg into rugby? Is that how, kind of how you you describe it? Oh yeah, I did. Um, like she mentioned, her brother, my son, is two years older, so he started um, two years before her in high school, and um, I've always been the mom to drive them to all of their games and practices and tournaments. So yeah. Anytime they were playing, I made it a huge point to be there, for sure. So you played rugby, you enjoyed rugby, and you mentioned, Meg, this point about giving back. And, and as from what I can read, you're obviously giving a huge amount back to the community, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So what, but what, And we'll talk about the community, because I think it will help people in the UK, because most of our listeners in the UK, to understand what your community is and how it's all made up. But before we get into that, for me, it's you decided to give back. So what made you think, oh, I know, I want to take 
there's something about this game that I want to take across the whole of Ontario um, or whatever, or to start with people who I know, whatever. It honestly started for me just wanting to learn more about the game myself. Um, when I was in high school, I was so into playing. I played a little bit of age grade for the province. Um, so coaching was a different way of learning about the game for me, and it's really given me a very different perspective on it. But I just, we had a really successful high school program, and I just wanted people to love the game the way that I loved the game. The second I stepped on the field, I this that was it. I loved it. I knew I loved it, and I just wanted people to have that same feeling. Um, so starting Roots, giving back to my own community, and hopefully giving that to um, youth in the community is something that's huge for me. I just want people to see the opportunity and just enjoy the game that I've enjoyed for so long. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's the biggest thing for me about giving back. So a lot of the people that, that you guys coach and, and store the kids, you know, it's mostly a youth setup at the minute, isn't it? Have you got you haven't got adult open age teams yet? No. U eighteen. No. Yeah, U eighteen. Right. Boys. Oh. So I imagine a lot of the I've coached under sevens rugby, right? And it's mm. it's it's well, it's an experience. It, it's it's <laughs> it's it's all you want is to get them to basically pass the ball and catch it. I'm not even bothered if it goes forward at this point. You know, just 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 catch the ball. And, and and that's in a place where they may have seen rugby or their parents played rugby. or they, Whereas I, mm-hmm. I, I think I read and I, th- and I get the impression that a lot of the people you're bringing rugby to have never even seen a game of rugby mm-hmm. in their lives, don't know what it is. How, how, how does that, how, how, what's your experience of that? How do they take to it? Uh, I think they come in a little hesitant because it is something that's brand new and fresh. Uh, most kids... Not that they don't want to play, but they're just a little confused on it. They don't really understand. And the second you tell somebody that a ball has to travel backwards, it's, oh my goodness. (laughs) You can see the gears turning in their head. There's no helmet and I have to throw it backwards. What's this, what's this (laughs) game all about? They're like, how do you win? I don't understand how that works. Um, But by the end of every session we've done, kids are obsessed. They're so excited to watch rugby, so excited to play. They can't wait to come back for more. Um, we always have to stay extra time no matter where we go. If we're with our U18s or if we're teaching brand new kids um, about the sport, we have to allot for a lot of extra time after practice because the kids just don't want to leave. They want to keep playing. It's a pretty interesting shift. Most of our sessions are about two hours mm. and they go from being so hesitant and not wanting to try to being in love. So pretty interesting it's pretty cool to watch so how many sort of how many bases do you have that you're training now do you go to different places to train now or have you got one base that people come to what how is it spreading so for our u18 girls and boys teams our base is here in this community our community is called six nations so i feel like people stumble upon us in the rugby world if they're typing six nations into (laughs) uh google and they're like what the heck is this? We've actually had people just message us to say, wow, we weren't looking for you, but this is really cool. Um, but yeah, for now, for our U18 boys and girls uh, tour teams, we we started here in our community. We, we have um, the most populous uh, First Nations community in Canada here where we live. So it's huge. Um, so we just drew on the players that were here and that we were able to get to. Um, we did have some 
um, kids from other First Nations communities nearby come and join us. And we're, we're hoping a lot more of that happens. Um, and we do want to branch out to, to go into different, create different hubs throughout Ontario and have that as well. But for now, we, we're, we just started. Mm. So the fact that we even have two teams that we can travel with is pretty huge for us because we weren't expecting it yet. No, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, the 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 drop-off in participation in, in what you would say a rugby heartlands is a notable problem. Every club is struggling with it. Particularly problematic at the teenage age. You tend to hold players till about 15 and then they're like, you know, yeah. I, I, I can start drinking cider now. The British version of cider, the one, the alcoholic version. And uh, so, you know, and things like that. Not that I'm saying all teenagers have written get drunk, but you know what I mean? There's, there are other things that pull them away. So, it's, so the fact that you've built two functioning teams with no club heritage, no club structure is, 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 is a remarkable thing. I want to talk about your community a bit because you mentioned there you're part of the Six Nations. Now, I understand that to be the Six Nations of the Iroquois, hence Iroquois Roots Rugby, and you, you yeah. guys are from the Mohawk Nation. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Can, yep. can, can you help people, like me and people in the UK understand a little bit more then around these Six Nations that are form one community, one nation, but you're Mohawk and what that means. So there are six different nations that make up the Iroquois Confederacy. And like you mentioned, we are Mohawk. Um, we follow a matrilineal lineage. So um, my mother would be Mohawk, her mother would have been Mohawk right. and so on and so on for thousands of years. So um, that's, how, that's how we identify ourselves. Um, I have a nephew that's not Mohawk, he's Cayuga, because his mom's Cayuga, which is another one of our nation, because um, he follows her and not my brother. So, um, there are six nations. D- did, you look, did you look any of them up? Or? I, d- I, d- I did, and now I can't remember them. I haven't written them down, which is a terrible thing, but I know. Let me, let me see if I can remember <laughs> There's Mohawk, Oneida, Cayuga, Seneca, Tuscarora, and Onondaga. Our, our initial homelands thousands of years ago would have been in upstate New York and we would have all of this. There were only five nations at that time. Um, Tuscarora just joined in, I want to say the 1700s. Right. Um, they joined the Confederacy. So um, back in the day, there would have been five different nations living in upstate New York um, side by side. Um we had, uh, our territory was big, like the Mohawk Nation's territory itself was huge over there. Um, but then when the settlers decided to come over. Those people came, they, yes. Um, um, there, was, there was a lot of warring going on there. Um, and since we were allies of the, Brit- of the British, yeah. we decided to move here into this territory. We, we were given six miles on each side of the Grand River, um, which now has been reduced to pretty much a postage stamp, if you look on the map, just because of treaties and and stuff like that that were broken. So we're we're still here. We came here in, I want to say, 1784. And on our reserve, um, you'll find all of the different Six Nations people that live here. Um, but if you go to a reserve in New York still, um, they're pretty much separated. So Onondaga still has their little plot of land where they would have been initially. 
near Syracuse, New York. Mm -hmm. And there are other Iroquois nations um, headed this way. Um, so near Buffalo, there's a couple. Yeah. And they're very small compared to ours. Like I said, ours is the biggest. So there aren't that many Iroquois people as compared to other nations here in Canada, like the Cree or the Ojibwe. They have huge numbers and, and they have um, their own areas as well. So we're yeah. here at Six Nations of the Grand River, uh, biggest landmass for a reserve in Canada. The question of the ideal gift this Christmas. No, 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 I've enough books. Oh, fancy mugs, not my cup of tea at all. Or even the fussiest. Do not get me pajamas. Can always be answered with a super value gift card. Perfect for their favourite festive pour or something luxurious from Signature Tastes. I love it. Pick up a super value gift card in store. And for corporate customers, super value gift cards can now be emailed directly to your employees or anyone working remotely. Simply visit supervalue.ie forward slash gift dash cards. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, need to get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. What I was trying to tease out is obviously you are one nation within this six. confederacy of six... And then if you take that, you've already mentioned, you take that further out, then there's other, there's Cree and there's people like that. And and then obviously there is, if you go across the whole of, of, of that continent, there are hundreds and hundreds of yeah. of, of different nations. And, and so yeah. is it fair to describe it as there isn't one Native American people? You know, we're all, you're all different people, different nations and all that kind and of stuff. And group up all together as like a pan-Indigenous entity yeah. we're all very different even even within the six nations we all have our own languages a lot of them are very similar but they're still different so yeah like there's no there's no way we can just you can lump us all yeah. indigenous people of north america into one category now we've had this interview planned for a number of weeks i want to say that very clearly but the day that yeah. we are doing this interview is the day after the Exeter Chiefs Rugby Club in, in, in England has, has has done their review of their, their mascot and and they've um they've decided that it's in their opinion it's actually respectful but their mascot isn't respectful so that's going but everything else is staying and it's all um what I do know is I think you mentioned on your Twitter that you actually wrote a letter to the CEO. Yeah, um I just I wrote a letter to the CEO Tony Rowe um and I cc it to all of the other directors. Um, on the Exeter organization, what I did was just try to explain why what they do is not respectful. Um, I gave them a bunch of history, and I was hoping they would take it all into consideration, which they said they did, but clearly didn't. I just explained that even for myself as an Indigenous person in Canada, it's not appropriate for me to even put on a headdress. First of all, the headdress that they're portraying would be a Plains Indian headdress, which I am not. Mm. And from people who I've known who've been gifted headdresses have been gifted them from that actual, those actual nations that use them or during ceremony. So if it's not right for me to put one on, 
I don't understand how it would be okay for Tony Rowe to put one on or your mascot to put one on or anyone else there to put one on. And then I just went on to explain, like, I don't understand who he's being respectful of because he's doing that. He's lumping us all into one person. And what they're doing is they're taking whatever Hollywood put out to everybody, you know, in all of their movies. Um, and they're using that and commercializing that and, and saying that they're being respectful when it's actually the opposite. Like I said, okay, you're, you're wearing plain Indian headdresses. You're, there's a totem pole there, which would be from the Coast Salish people of the West of North America, so completely different. Um, they call their store the Trading Post. That's just so not right to do. And I've seen videos of the fans doing their tomahawk chop. Their mascot itself, the headdress is one issue, but he's always carrying a tomahawk, meaning that they're just taking whatever Hollywood sensationalized us to be and just using that and, and, and then telling us that they're respecting us when I'm telling them they're not. And it, I just feel like it's not theirs to use. None of it is. And I explained, like, it's not even mine to use different things. I can't appropriate from other Native American cultures just because I'm um, Indigenous myself. I can't do it. I would never use another person's art or anything like that and call it my own and, and, tell, and tell the people that I'm respecting them. Um, it's just, it's not theirs to use and it's not respectful and it's very stereotypical and it's harmful imagery because I just feel like we deal with so many youth and we try to instill in them a pride of their culture and a pride of who they are. And when they're seeing this type of thing, um, on social media and having like an entire stadium of fans doing this, it just, it's gonna make them feel reduced to that mascot. We're real people and that reduces, any of that imagery reduces us as people. We're human, we're still here, meaning we're pretty resilient. Um, and you know, it's not respectful and I just, I don't like it. And I was very upset at the outcome of yesterday's meeting and I did issue them another letter. I'm pretty upset over it. And I think the, I can, I can tell and, and I, I understand why. Um, and I was, did have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but you wouldn't cause it's not on. Yeah, it's not correct. Yeah. So the, um, I think the point I want to, I really want to raise to this interview because this is a rugby interview with rugby people, okay? And I think the issue that's been raised about the Exeter thing is that all it is is a load of political grandstanding and issue making by lefty troublemakers who listen to academics and none of this is real and actually real rugby people don't care about this. I was reading something about you, about the commitment of your time and you want to take this across all of Ontario. I was reading about when you went to the... Um, yeah, you went to the, the tournament in Florida. And I think it was you, you Meg, in the interview said, this is one of the more feasible tournaments for us because Florida is drivable. That's what you said. <laughs> and I went, hang on a minute, I don't know. All right, let me just check this. And I looked, it was a 20-hour drive. And, it was like, <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm telling you right now, if you said to a, a mini rugby tournament team in the UK, <laughs> do you fancy driving 20 hours to play the Sevens tournament? Well, you can imagine that the answer that you would get... 
So one, amazing for the commitment to do that. And I think it said you had to raise like $20,000 to cover your weekend costs. And we'll talk about funding and stuff in a minute. But I suppose the question I want to ask is, or the point I want to make, I'm editorializing a bit now, not interviewing, so I'm sorry, but I'm going to do it anyway, is that you are, you two, you two women are there, you found rugby, you love rugby, you want to grow rugby in your community, you're willing to drive 20 hours to play in a tournament just to have played in it and give your players that experience. Nobody can argue you are not absolutely rugby people with an interest in rugby. What does what Exeter have done make you feel about the game of rugby and the way that it views your efforts? I feel, I feel like we love rugby so much and we've had such a positive experience anywhere we go here and so much support and so much help and just people donating money, people just donating their time like that. People guest coaching with Megan that, that are driving two hours to come and coach with her just, just to help us out. Um, I think a quote from one, one of our photographers that donates all of his time to us was like, was something like, if Roots Rugby succeeds, then we all succeed. So that's what we take away from rugby. Mm. We love it. We love the people. We love the community. And Exeter won't take that away from us. Exeter has a long, long way to go. They have a lot of learning to do. I'm upset that they didn't take this as a learning experience from president to CEO. Um, he didn't even acknowledge my email. Um, right. One of the communications guys said that, yeah, yeah, he got it kind of thing. He hasn't reached out to me after to explain anything like that. And in all of my communications, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not being angry. I'm giving him facts. I'm giving him history and I'm giving him my feelings. Um, and I always end it by, I'm happy to contact you, any of the board members, anytime I can make myself available and nobody, not one of them has taken me up on that offer. So Exeter will do what they will do. Yeah. We'll, we'll continue fighting. The Exeter Chiefs for Change group is tireless. <laughs> They're an amazing group. I I don't work with them personally, but I am in contact with them. Um, Exeter is not going to take our love of rugby and what we've created and what we hope to continue to create for Indigenous youth. Um, we'll fight for them. We'll, we'll be the voice for them. Um, we're very proud of who we are. Like I am, I I can't imagine being born anything than Mohawk. Um, we love our culture. We instill that in our youth. We add culture into our programs, um, and we'll continue to do so. And Exeter can catch up anytime they feel like it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's the end of the story. But let's not dwell on that negativity no. for much no. anymore. So let's. So you mentioned that you bring you bring your culture into your program, and I've seen you, and I, I looked at your logo. Sorry to talk about logos, but your logo, which is beautiful, <laughs> yeah. be- beautiful by the way. Um, and I read all about the thought that went into it with the eagle and and, and the four the mm-hmm. four roots, the, the yeah. Iroquois roots, and, and and the pine trees and stuff. Is, is that an example of how you bring your culture into what you do? Is there other things that you do as well? Yeah, for sure. Um, first and foremost, we started with our logo, and like you said, there's a lot of symbolism in in, in just what you see. Um, and why we did that is because we want our kids to feel a sense of pride for themselves and, and their families um, when they put on one of our shirts or one of our jerseys. So we wanted first and foremost to um, 
create a sense of pride for them in our logo. Um, other than that, um, when we do programming in the First Nations communities, we do a bunch of different workshops. Like Megan will do rugby for half a day, and then they can choose a different art or game um, workshop in the afternoon that's fully culturally based. Like we do a pottery workshop. We do a moccasin workshop. Um, we do a traditional Iroquois games workshop as well. Um, and we're just, we're still building on, on all of our workshops, but we definitely always bring, um, culture into our programming. What's an example of a typical Iroquois game? <laughs> oh, we've, only, we've only, oh, a traditional Iroquois yeah. game? Lacrosse. All oh, right. Okay. Lacrosse is our game. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, other than lacrosse, there's another, um, there's another similar game to lacrosse. Um, where you have a stick, but there it's it's called double ball because there's two balls attached in the middle with with a with a string with a leather, and you you kind of throw that around. You can throw and pass and catch kind of like lacrosse. And how you score would be to wrap the ball um, just around a pole mm. or a sapling tree. You just shoot it, and if it wraps around, then you score the point. That's another traditional game. Um, there's another traditional game that's almost like tug of war, but it, the rope is in a circle. It's it gets crazy. That one gets crazy. <laughs> on that one, I'm, I'm never, it sounds like I'm a decent played. rugby activity, though. To be fair, it does yeah, it it very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just stuff like that. And we we had we have another little children's game. Um, it's called Bone and Toggle. I'm mean, I'm sure you've seen it because it's probably in like. The little toy stores everywhere, but it originated from the Iroquois. It's it's a stick with a leather attached to it, with a, a round bone on the end, and you kind of flick it up and try to to stick the stick through the the hole. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, just stuff like that. We we want to keep our traditions alive, and that's one really good way to do it. So, I'm interested to know how you managed to pay for all of this. Um, I know you're obviously you've got a GoFundMe that's being that's being raised and all of that kind of stuff, and I'm, I'm assuming you've got a hell of a lot of volunteers and and people's good, uh, you know, good faith and, and wanting to give some stuff to you. But I mean, do, are you guys working and doing this on the side, or do you get a bit of kind of Canadian rugby funding, or how to help everyone understand how that works? <laughs> Shaking your head. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> um, so we 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 just. Um, founded this at the end of 2017, so we didn't really do anything until 2018. Um, and we were fortunate in 2018 to get two $5,000 grants um, from two different organizations in Canada. So with that $10,000, we stretched it out. We went to different First Nations, um, and we even held a four-week uh, higher development rugby camp for girls here in Six Nations um, that we did at the, our, we have a lacrosse arena that's it's year-round lacrosse so it's on turf so we did that kind of in the in the summer or sorry in the winter uh, that four-week camp so that's how we ran in 2018 and 2019 we did a ton of fundraising um, anything you can think of we were out there fundraising um is this your uh, job we though is it, got a couple sponsors um we have some jerseys people that sponsored our jersey the toronto arrows um pro team from the major league 
rugby. Um, they've given us some, some sponsorship and just local companies have really stepped up for us whenever we've needed something. Um, a couple of the convenience store and gas places here on the reserve have really stepped up. Um, I feel like uh, we just, we get out there and fundraise. We, we always have a goal in mind and the GoFundMe that's set up right now wasn't even set up by us. It was set up by a group in Montreal. Um, it stemmed from, I think, all of the Black Lives Matters. Um, it, it's a Frisbee. It's a Frisbee group, an ultimate Frisbee group in Montreal. They were like, we love, we, we read about you guys. We love it. We're starting a GoFundMe page. And that's what's, that's the campaign that's out right now. It's, it started by them. I think it's like up to $700. So that's amazing. No, absolutely. So, but is this, is, is it, you, you have jobs as well, or is this what you're doing? Yeah. No, I wish this was what we <laughs> <laughs> I would love for this one day to be what we do. And hopefully it, it comes to that with some funding. Um, this is what we would love to do, but no, we still have day jobs that we have to, we have to work for and, and we just we we know how to stretch a dollar basically like everybody looked at us I think like we were crazy when we we said twenty thousand dollars was our budget to take these um, kids to Florida um, they're like how the hell can you do this on twenty thousand dollars but we we rented a huge house that fit everybody we rented vans that we were going to just drive them down so we wouldn't have to worry about airfare. And, and we were just going to buy everybody's food. And we were just, that was our budget, $20,000. Every other team would were like, I don't know how you're going to do it. And and how's, how has it been received by, by your wider community then? Was it a bit like, what's this game? What are you doing? Or was it, yeah. you know, was it? Still is. <laughs> Still is. Still have a long way to go. Um, we've had our challenges when when we first started training last year. We didn't even we didn't even have a field available for us on our reserve because it was taken up by lacrosse. Lacrosse is king where we come from. Um, so we didn't even have a field. We had to go off reserve into Brantford to use a field there, which wasn't even a rugby field. It was just a piece of grass basically <laughs> um and Megan would get sometimes two or three kids coming out and it was really discouraging because she wouldn't know how to adapt really to to change her her practice plan but mm -hmm. she did um and I always say um when we began this we met with Tiki Edwards um from the Mori um, he's the Mori Development Officer in New Zealand, right. so he works with the Morial Blackman. Um, he was gracious enough to meet with us in two days in British Columbia when they were there to play the Canadian team. So we flew out there to meet Tiki, and he just gave us so much information, and, and his program is so cultural, and it's so similar to ours, which was crazy. Um, we just soaked everything in like sponges, but one thing he said to us, and thank God he did, um, was that even if only one kid shows up, you just train the hell out of that one kid because he's there because he wants to be there. And if that wasn't always in the back of my mind, I, I think we might have been a little too distur yeah, discouraged. Indeed, to yeah. So then the skies opened up and we were able to get field time here on our reserve on the lacrosse field last year. 
And that opened up to more players coming because they didn't have to travel anywhere. Most of them lived really close by to the field. So we got more kids coming out. And then hopefully because of that, hopefully it continues to grow. So Meg, what's the next steps then for your kind of coaching and plans and when you back up? I suppose you've got coronavirus to deal with now as well. So what what um what what's the next um, six months look like? The next six months looks like um as of right now, basically just trying to get some contacts, get some plans. We have a bunch of plans set out. Um, we're working on a children's book right now, which is all about rugby. Um, we have a little mascot. He's an eagle. He has moccasin cleats on, and he teaches children in the community how to play rugby. So we're working on that. Um, we're working on creating resources that we can bring into communities. What I will kind of go off with. So basically, I'm creating my own coaching layout module um, that I'll work off of, and then eventually lead in communities when we go. Um, we're we're kind of working on a train the trainer um like progression week by week module that after we visit that community um we'll give the recreation leader in the community our resource and they can continue to progress well after we've gone basically this summer is about creating contacts with people setting ourselves up so when we can get out in communities we can just go and do it and there's not one thing to worry about well let the go the foot the call go out from here but if anybody out there is a contact who wants to help Iroquois Roots Rugby out, you are on Twitter, which is at Roots Rugby, I believe. Yeah, it is. Which is nice and easy for everyone to remember to get in touch with them. So, 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 so please do. I mean, you, your achievements have been quite amazing from a completely zero start in a place where rugby just doesn't exist, does it? Like, it didn't exist three years ago, let's be honest. Um, um, to having, you've got quite a number of teams, you've played in tournaments... It's, it's an we amazing achievement. We played in two tournaments and then coronavirus hit and just stopped our momentum on that. The kids are pretty upset by it, but we've been trying to engage them still through social media and stuff like that and, and keep them excited about rugby. Well, good for you. Listen, that was a lovely, lovely conversation. Thank you very much for your time. I've certainly learned a hell of a lot. I hope the, I hope the listeners <laughs> and, um And it's... It, and it, it's amazing to see what you're doing out there, really. And it is all testament to you, really, because nobody was going to do it. Last question. Are you, are you linked in with Rugby Canada? Do they help or anything like that? You're not, they're not part of the organization? Or you're quite wistful shake of the head there as if that's a problem. I don't know if you want to get into it. But, it's kind of, but it, it, is it because you're not part of their federation or something? Or is this not something you want to go into? We're, we're not a member club of Rugby Canada. Um it's it's not something I love to talk about. Okay. Um, but our 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 visions aren't connected. Okay. Um, um I feel more connection to other indigenous um, um programs around the world and, and we've been lucky enough to um oh, get support from like I said, Tiki Edwards in New Zealand and now the new Kanaloa rugby team that will be playing in the MLR out of Hawaii. That's the first Indigenous owned and operated pro MLR team. Um, so we've been very lucky to have their CEO um, have a Zoom meeting with us. And she mentioned that she wanted to do that like as a monthly 
uh, a monthly connection with us. So uh, we have a ton to learn from her. Um, and so we'll just keep going on our own, basically. Well, good. Good for you. I was just interested to see how it all led together. But obviously, you see your, your future down a different path and good for you. And that's great. You've just reminded me that they're mentioning Zoom listeners is that I've I've made Melanie and Megan come onto Skype tonight for about the first time in about twenty seven years I think they said because uh, they use Zoom all the time <laughs> but I was so but that's how nice and gracious they were that they didn't say sod off use Zoom <laughs> they actually did actually go through the mither of going onto to Skype for me so <laughs> so thank you very much indeed both of you it's been really nice to hear your story I hope you've enjoyed telling it and we'll and everyone I hope you've enjoyed it as well take care goodbye thank you. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Need to get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Sports Social Podcast Network.